everybody, it's your host, Pappy, with some bad news and some good news. The bad news is that I messed up the audio on this episode, so it's going to sound a little bit worse than usual. Apologies for that. That's my fault. But the good news is that we have a new podcast. Our spinoff, Lord of the Rings show, has been launched. So if you search for Lord of the Rings spoilers on iTunes, you can find all of our Lord of the Rings episodes there. It would really mean a lot if you could take a second, search for Lord of the Rings spoilers, and give us five stars there. That would help us show up in the search results and help more people find our feed. Thanks for listening, and on with the show. Harley Quinn voted for Bernie. This is Spoilers. This is Spoilers. Everybody, welcome to Spoilers. I'm your host, Pappy, and we're doing a new movie tonight. I think our first 2020 movie, uh... Birds of Prey or the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Joining us tonight, it's a comic book movie, so you know we have PK, our superhero correspondent. PK, how are you? Yo, yo, I'm great, man. How are you? I'm pretty good. I wanted our opening question just to stay stay really positive tonight. I, I like the movie. Uh, but what what is another W or uh, DC movie that you like, uh, PK? It doesn't necessarily have to be your favorite, but... Uh, uh, Are we talking DC. like DC of recent, or like does this include the Dark? I think Man everything, films? right? This is <laughs> yeah. everything. Open ended from any time. You could go back to Adam West if you wanted to. Oh man! But don't. Um, in that case, <laughs> I'm not going to give a specific answer. I'm going to just shed some love on the DC animated universe because if you're a comic book fan, you know that DC animated movies have always been superior to the live action and. I think that still holds true, and uh, like Mask of the Phantasm, Batman, um, Under the Red Hood, basically any Batman animated film, check it out. Um, Yeah, DC, I think with this is on the rise, though. They're taking steps in the right direction for live action. Yeah, we're recording this the night of the Oscars. As we record, Joker has the most uh, Oscar nominations of any movie, a DC film. And yeah, Mask of the Phantasm was a lost episode that Stevie and I did uh, year one of Spoilers. So that I mean, we're right for a Year redo. one, that's another good Batman movie. But anyway, go on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who just made out that clever, clever observation, Corey, uh, where are you recording from tonight? And what's a DC movie that you, that you enjoy? Hi, uh, my name's Corey. Recording out of Simi Valley, California, also known as Kylo Ren memes. Um, well, I mean, I really like PK's point. Uh, another great one that people should watch is Batman Assault on Arkham, which is basically a Suicide Squad animated movie, which is much mm-hmm. better than the live action Suicide Squad movie. But that aside, I'm going to go with live action and I'm going to say uh, one of my favorites is the 1992 Tim Burton film Batman Returns which we recently did a podcast on over at Big Dumb Movie that should be out in a few days. Maybe even by the time this is out, it'll be out. So check that out. But I really do like Batman Returns. It's got that old school, wintry Tim Burton feel with that like dark aesthetic and the beautiful Danny Elfman score. That one's just a classic. Very nostalgic for me. Underrated as a Christmas movie. Uh, Definitely. I think, I think my pick would be another one that's underrated as a Christmas movie. I really enjoyed uh, the Shazam from last year. Uh, I forgot to give mine at the top. But last but not least, we have a first-time guest on the podcast, Letterboxd Legend. Uh, we're calling him Mike. Mike, where are you recording from tonight, and what's a DC movie you enjoy watching? I am uh, recording from Peabody, Massachusetts. Uh my hey, favorite DC. That's <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, my favorite DC film. It's uh probably 
probably uh, The Dark Knight, obviously, I would say. Or Vertigo, I would count uh, History of Violence. Yeah, Dark Knight is classic. Mike, you're on Letterboxd a lot. You're, you're an active user. Do you feel any of the blowback from Dark Knight? Because I feel like when it came out, it was like regarded as not just a fantastic comic book movie. It was, it was transcending. But I feel like it's kind of gotten the Fight Club treatment a little bit, where people sort of look down on it. I still really love the movie, but... I don't see it as much as other films. Yeah. I mean, you could say that for any, you know, one of the most you know popular films of all time. That's very true. 2008 was a big year for comic book movies. Dark Knight and Iron Man came out, I believe, in the same year. Here we are, 12 years later, uh, talking about another comic book movie. And and a a sequel, PK, to the much maligned that we talked about, Suicide Squad. Could you help? I never saw Suicide Squad. Could you kind of help bridge the gap between that film (laughs) and where we stand uh, today? Well, I unfortunately saw Suicide Squad twice in theaters. Um. So this is a very like loose sequel. The only thing that really connects it is, you know, Harley Quinn and her relationship with the Joker, or should I say, her past relationship with the Joker. And uh, I really enjoyed the like goofy animated intro to the movie that we got, kind of explaining her and her relationship with Mr. J. <laughs> and uh, I like how they kind of gave the Joker his old school comic look in that intro. Cause they're just trying to get away as far away from possible from Jared Leto as the Joker. <laughs> Rightfully so, yeah. But yeah, it doesn't have too much to do with Suicide Squad. They don't mention it much. I did catch, um, fuck, what's his name? Captain Boomerang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to think of the actor's name. Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. I saw his little mugshot in the cor- in the police station. Yeah, hey, I know him. <laughs> I know that guy. That's like one of the very few callbacks to uh, Suicide Squad. So. It, you don't need to see it to see this There's movie. There's also the post credit scene that I, you know, the one line. Yep, I didn't watch it. I yeah. waited for, like, oh, I didn't the, watch the initial credits, and then I was like, eh, I'll look it up later. Corey, did you watch it? Then the post credits for Birds of Prey? Yeah. Yeah, it's just a line. It's like I a, did. Yeah, I was very disappointed. <laughs> what did, they were what trying to pull, it? like, a Deadpool. It was basically Harley Quinn's voiceover saying, like, what are you still here? What are you waiting for? Okay, uh, I'll tell you something. Uh, and then it says Batman, and then it cuts her off immediately. That's disappointing. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I I don't really see the need, like why movies feel the need to to lead us on like that. But that, that was a good summary, PK, and, and basically Corey. What we're left with after uh, Harley Quinn has ended a relationship with Mister J is basically the first act of John Wick 3, uh, but that's Harley <laughs> Quinn's whole existence, right? She's just there to drink and party and I guess uh, eat a whole lot of fucking cheese whiz, man. That scene makes me nauseous. <laughs> Everybody wants to kill her, though. It's kind of what I was getting at. There's a lot of would-be assassins. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So the idea is that Harley Quinn, who was the Joker's main squeeze, is no longer with him, so she's on her own. And because of that, all the people that she's fucked with over the years are trying to come and get her. And they're, they're doing so in a very comic booky fashion because it's not like um, they're kind of coming at her one at a time and you kind of see them like, all right, I'm going to come get revenge. It's like during one chase scene, they all just seem to randomly encounter her, which is very a very comic book move, I think. And beyond just that, it reminds me of John Wick 2 with the text on the screen coming up, introducing the characters. Mike, mm-hmm. it's a very 
stylish movie, that being one of their choices. Yeah, Suicide Squad also, though. Yeah, they did do that in Suicide Squad. That's yeah. one of the few things I liked about that movie. When I first saw that in this movie, I was kind of getting pissy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, are they doing it again? Or is, yeah. I'm with you. I had the exact same thought. I was like, okay, are they going to make the same mistakes as Suicide Squad? But yeah. uh, that, that idea kind of <laughs> dropped from my mind. What did you guys was, think of like Harley's narration of the story? It was kind of jarring. I just thought, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, devastatingly jarring, but. I, I've heard that too, and I think that like it kind of made sense because it's like she's telling the story, you know, from her point of view, and she's fucking crazy, and who knows what's going on in her head. So it kind of makes sense that it kind of bounces around here from there and back to here and back to there. And oh yeah, by the way, uh, you, you need to know this. So let's go back a little bit. It's the classic unreliable narrator. So mm-hmm. I think we see some examples of that, like when she blows up. Uh, ace chemicals and the way it looks the explosion has like fireworks coming out of it and it's very grand mm-hmm. and then when when the cops are looking at it it's just like a regular like industrial fire, fire. Mm-hmm. Oh. yeah i didn't notice that that's cool but that does make sense but i mean that's it's a big choice though to structure the film in the way they did it's like i, I think they literally use a line from like kiss kiss bang bang where the story like goes too far and the narrator's gonna be like wait i forgot to tell you something and it backs up. I, Mike, did you enjoy the structure of the film? Or, or were you... I was a little bit lost. I gotta be honest. Yeah, it was okay. But, I mean, I'm, like, just, like, I wasn't... Ex- I, I didn't really expect anything going into this. I didn't even really read... I just saw the Rotten Tomatoes rate, and I'm like, okay. I mean, just the average was a six. But that just... I just go into this fresh. I mean, it wasn't really, you know, awful... But per se, but I mean, it was it kind of rattled me up because at first I was like, you know, I'm like, oh, they're doing this for you know. I mean, it kind of stopped when you know when she started when she finally said the whole thing, you know, the plan at the police at the police station, yeah. And then I thought the movie got a little from there. Well, you mentioned the police station. That sequence is, is so effing ridiculous. I mean, PK, does that? Kind of the Kylo's point. Do you think that was actually like happening? Is that supposed to be the unreliable narrator? Because she's shooting beanbag guns at cops who have real guns. <laughs> it should be the game game over, right? I I I could see it going either way. I mean, yeah, it could be kind of in her head, but at the same at the same time, you you start thinking that way. It's like the whole movie could play out in her head, just like kind of like people have theories about the Joker. And it's like I just think. You know, they're playing along the lines of it is a comic book movie. It's bright and colorful and chaotic and goofy and just like her character. So I think it's it's I think I want to believe that that, you know, really happened. And she really brought canisters of red and blue paint or smoke and glitter. And because, I mean, she, she was still fucking those dudes up when she was hitting them and with the gun or whatever. So, I mean. She knows she doesn't care. She she she's just having fun. So I think that's all part of her game. The st- the style seems to take a lot of precedent over the substance, and, and there is like a conflict that's kind of pushed way in the background with a diamond that has some account numbers on it. But Corey, I see this more as an assembling the squad movie. There's a couple people who join Harley Quinn. Did any of those 
characters stand out to you? Um, I liked Huntress, actually. And oh I God, think I some people are going to hate her Huntress, but I liked her a lot because she's so fucking awkward that it's great. <laughs> like, she's lived in like isolation training with these like crazy assassin slash hitmen that she's like just extremely socially awkward. And I think it's great. Like it's it's subtle in a way. It's almost to the point where I was like, is this bad acting? And then after a few minutes, I'm like, no, she's just really That's fucking great weird. acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mary Elizabeth Winstead's been a lot of good stuff. I mean, she's a great actress. Except for, I mean, you know, she did stuff like Smashed. And then she did stuff like Gemini Man. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. PK, did you have any Huntress moments that stood out to you? Oh, absolutely. Like, the fact that they showed her, like, talking to herself in the mirror, practicing, like, her intro and her introducing herself. And then you get to see it in the movie. Like, for the first time, you know, she, she comes, I'm Huntress. And then when she actually squads up with the crew later, she's, um, you're the, the crossbow killer. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's about to say, I am, you're Helena Bertinelli. Fuck. And she's like, oh, for fuck's sake, or something like that. Dude, I, I, I laughed out loud in that part. That was fucking hilarious. But yeah, like her, her awkwardness and everything made her freaking hilarious and super relatable because I get like that too. So, And she's, such, she's the most badass one of them all, and she's the most awkward in person. So I think that was an interesting dynamic that bit went on for so long too they were like setting it up and setting up the crossbow killer the crossbow killer the crossbow killer and yep. like five different people uh mike I, I saw on your letterbox review that you said rosie perez uh really stood out to you I just what like Rosie perez i just yeah. like to see her stuff. like i haven't seen her in anything you know i just like seeing her because i like i like her early 90s you know like uh white man can't white, jump yeah. yeah i do like that like it's Me not too. like the best but you know i enjoy it and uh i didn't see fearless i gotta see that she got nominated for an oscar for that um okay yeah she was gonna do the right thing i always forget that but um yeah i just like to see her i mean her character was cliched but that was kind of the point you know movie didn't make towards that the scene with where she gets the shirt was so fucking funny what did it say like i shaved my balls for this and then, like, don't bring it up for the longest time. You just got to sit there and realize it. And this is, <laughs> that was too funny. PK, as our superhero correspondent, am I supposed to know... The last character we didn't talk about was uh, Black Canary. Am I supposed to know that she has scream powers? Did I, I, uh, I know that she, like, breaks the glass earlier in the film, but is that all, the, all of the breadcrumbs that I'm given that she's a little yeah. superhero? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Look, um, they, sh- they should have left the canary cry out of this movie. It it didn't seem to fit, did it? When she I used her, power? I mean, they sh- if you rewatch the trailer, they show that scene in the trailer too. So I like, I knew it was coming, but I, I, also, I knew the characters. So I, I assumed it was coming at some point. But yeah, the little glass breaking—that was that's all the teaser you're gonna get. She's she's an Arrow, the show or the series Arrow, and um, there was an old Birds of Prey show back in the day. On like the CW, yeah, it was her. But yeah, it's if you don't know comics, you're not gonna know who Dinah Lance is. Is she a famous comic? She's she's yeah, she's very. I mean, she's she's married to the Green Arrow, and then like she's she's like the one of the leaders of the Birds of Prey. I don't I don't know too much about the actual Birds of Prey comic line. I know more about like the individual characters themselves. But um, from what I know, 
these some people were kind of worried going into this that they were worried about like these characters weren't going to be true to like the birds of prey comic line but i've also heard after seeing the movie that people loved it and they might be yeah. a little different than how they're portrayed in the comics but overall it's it's doing well so far i think yeah they're a team of heroes in the comics essentially which is what they become at least i mean some essentially of them. this isn't like kind of like you were saying earlier, it's kind of like a getting the gang together movie. This is essentially a Harley Quinn movie. Mm-hmm. That the third act is where you get the Birds of Prey. It's almost like a prequel, and then eventually, I feel like they'll get their own without Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. But about that, knows? I don't know. If it, it, it won't, if it's if it keeps to continuing how it's doing in the box office yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> well mike you had a good point too that sonic comes out next week so it's probably not long for the number one one spot <laughs> the worst they're gonna do is uh hbo max series for them dude i'm i'm all in for dc on hbo max doom patrol season two if you haven't watched doom patrol go watch it it's weird uh kylo we'd be remiss we, we did talk about it's mostly an assembling the squad movie it's mostly an excuse to see more of uh harley quinn but we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about your boy ewan mcgregor uh what did Hello you think there. about uh the <laughs> the black mask black mask black mask okay he is a fucking lunatic ewan mcgregor is He's really, like, playing up this, like, complete psycho so well. Like, he had me laughing, like, almost any time he was speaking because he's so fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He is an insane person. <laughs> he uh, he's just, like, relishes in all, like, his nice masks. And he's, like, he's, like, super, like, willing to describe them. And he, he's just so insane. But he can be quite scary as well. So I think he did a really good job. I think he was definitely one of the highlights of the movie. He looked so badass when they finally put the mask on. And it's it's funny, too, because, like, I think that DC does a much better job of tackling social issues, right? Or I should say that they do a much more graceful job of, of tackling social issues than Marvel does, where, like, I loved Endgame, but, like, the all-girl shot where they line oh, up. God. There's a similar shot in this, but it's much more subtle. And I liked how Ewan McGregor... Everything in his apartment is like culturally appropriated from some other country. Like he's got shrunken heads from Africa. He got a bunch of like Asian stuff. Like it's it's a very intentional character choice that they're making and how they're portraying him. Um, Mike, what did you think about you and McGregor as uh, as Black Mask? I thought he was, you know, uh, McGregor. He's 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 good in everything. Well, maybe not everything, but <laughs> I thought he was you know solid as the role, and I. Kind of just wished, you know, they did it him a little bit differently. Did you want him to be like more like a uh, typical like mob guy? Is that what? No, you that's were? what I kind of didn't want. I'm like, oh, is he really just ripping guys to face this off? Okay. Yeah. So I didn't know. I mean, I don't know why, but I didn't know this was rated R going into it. <laughs> so like, all of a sudden they started cutting people's faces off. I was like, oh, okay, this is uh, dark as shit. But yeah, I, I liked his take on the character. I mean, I, I kind of heard some criticism on people were complaining, saying he he wasn't like a he was just a one sided character and just like pure evil and crazy. I'm like, like they didn't have that relatable fact. It's like, dude, not every villain needs to have that. Like, you see their point of view. It's like, yeah, not everyone's Killmonger, you know? Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I thought it was awesome. 
I thought he was great too. And you know, leading up to this podcast, I was kind of thinking about him in my head. And he he's great for like a a Gotham villain, I think, in a lot of ways. But one of the things I was thinking about was that face ripping scene you were talking about, where he cuts the people's faces off. Mm-hmm. He did that in the daytime. Like that yeah, was probably good. the most heinous crime he committed, and he did it during the daytime, which is, <laughs> I think, probably an intentional choice, right? Yeah, because Batman is, would swoop in on that shit. Like, that's true. That's I never thought of it that way. That's I cool. mean, that was just a Tuesday for him. It seemed yeah. like the character. <laughs> oh, yeah, Victor's ass was pretty fucking wild and creepy too. I read some speculation and I listened to the Double Toasted podcast or like part of it uh, earlier in the week before I saw the movie. But there was speculation that Black Mask and Victor, Victor Zaz are gay in this film. Did you guys pick I, up I, on I kind of picked up on some like little subtle like I, I caught it more of like Zaz is kind of obsessed with this guy and he just wants to do anything to please this guy. And But I could see where people kind of pick that up i thought they were kind of it seemed like a lefou gaston type relationship you know what i mean where it's not necessarily favorite yeah overtly reciprocated but there seems to be like a little one-way crush uh that's pretty much all that i had i want to open it up to you guys's uh other final thoughts but mike I, i had one more one more note kind of speaking of the style over substance uh did you enjoy the uh, Diamonds Are Forever sequence? Basically, Harley Quinn gets like punched in the face, and it kind of goes into like a Marilyn Monroe type I think deal. it's a Gentleman Buffer Blondes. Right. I feel like that was shot for the trailer, to be honest. <laughs> and they just cut it in because they had, like, you know... I mean, it was like a, you know, like a dream. Or like, you know... It was just a sequence they had, I feel like. I mean, that's just my opinion. I mean, that's just me, but... Corey, did you like it? I did quite enjoy it. I thought it was kind of nice how, like, after getting hit, we kind of, like, jumped into her mind for a second. And she is, like, a crazy person. So what goes on in her head is, like, not what would go on in anyone else's (laughs) head during that moment, which is kind of cool. I thought it was great. I really liked it. And I'll say this, too. Like, Margot Robbie is a testament to her performance because I should be really annoyed by her character. And I feel like any other person, like, (laughs) Doing that, that level of ADD would would annoy me. But like everything from like the egg sandwich bit on down, oh my god, works and it's hilarious. So let's. Do you guys have any final thoughts or anything I didn't didn't bring up? I was just gonna say something about Ewan McGregor one more time. Um, Go for like, it. Like I watched Doctor Sleep like two days before I went and saw this, so it was kind of interesting to see. Like I don't know if you guys have seen it, but his like portrayal of, of adult Danny Torrance is kind of like mundane and boring and and it's kind of weird and just seeing him flip a switch and play this over the top crazy psychotic dude and you could just tell he was having fun with it I thought that was uh, pretty interesting but one yeah. thing I also want to say on the topic of soup uh of birds of prey excuse me is uh the action the action oh, in great. this movie is fucking amazing it really is like the hand-to-hand stuff. They took, they put a lot more care than I figured they would have in a movie of this type. There's a lot of wide shots. There's, yeah, I was gonna uh, say it was all shot, so you could see everything. Like it, it wasn't shaky cam. It wasn't all that stupid bullshit. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, and I it did it a lot that. better than I've seen some of the recent Marvel movies in terms of hand-to-hand stuff. Mm-hmm. They do, with the exception of Winter Soldier. But uh, really top quality action scenes as far as hand-to-hand stuff. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. The CGI was really good too. Like, I'm pretty sure 
Bruce the hyena. That's what he was, right? He looked so good. Yeah, that was a definitely a CGI dog. It wasn't a, a unless Margot Robbie like ate a Twizzler with a real hyena. But yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. I don't, it had to have been yeah, like a, some type of dog that they just CGI because. I was sitting there looking at that thing. I'm like, man, it looks just like my fucking German Shepherd at home. It looks a lot better than that uh, dog in the Harrison Ford movie coming out. Oh, yeah, one? seriously. Call of the Wild. <laughs> podcast coming soon for that, I'm sure. But let's go ahead <laughs> yep. and uh, uh, wrap this podcast up. Uh, this is where we give our yes or no's and, and kind of some final wrap-up thoughts. Uh, this will be a yes uh, for me. I, like we've been talking about, I'm really impressed with what DC has been doing I, I have no dog in this fight we've done a lot of dc movies and a lot of marvel movies on this podcast and i've given nose to nose to both but they just seem to be on a hot streak with shazam and joker and now this and just like the way that ewan mcgregor blows up at the end is so satisfying oh it's my so, god it's so nice <laughs> to hear like 20 times in a movie for adults like it's just it's just nice and, and like i said the style it is style over substance sometimes. I do think that we could have done a better job of like setting up the canary call or whatever happens at the end. But I I really enjoyed my time watching this movie and I would be down to spend more time in this world. Uh, Mike, you're our first timer. Uh, first time guest on this podcast. Why don't you give a, a couple parting thoughts and then your yes or no uh, rating. I thought it was... Just, I thought I had a really fun time with it. Like, I just thought at first it wasn't gonna really do anything for me. At least for the first 40, 30 to forty minutes, I just it got much. I I just got much more into it by the end. Um, I hope uh, it gets something. I know that Mar- Robbie's gonna be in James Gunn's Suicide Squad, so I'm not worried about her. But I mean, the other characters, I kind of see a lot of promise with the Birds of Prey themselves, and I just hope that they get a future with something with the DC universe. So is it a yes or a no for you? Uh, oh, sorry. No, you're uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, of course. I mean, I, I gave it a three out of five, but that's just more towards the narrative of it. But I did enjoy the content. Nice. I'm in, I'm in the same neighborhood with you. Seven out of 10, three out of five, uh, what have you. Uh, Corey, who owns the Picked Up Movie page. If you want to hear Corey talk more about DC movies, go subscribe to them and wait for their Batman Returns podcast, which might already be out. But what do you give um, the most recent DC movie, Birds of Prey? I'm going to give Birds of Prey yes. I like this movie a lot. I think it is uh, stylized to be like, uh, to, to suit the Harley Quinn narrative really well. It's kind of like Deadpool in that way, but I think it, uh, I think I like it a little bit more than Deadpool. Um, I don't know, it's, has some good humor, has some good violence, has some great action. For complaints, I'd say I wasn't a huge fan of the way Gotham looked during the daytime. But other than that, I mean, I think it's a great time. It's it's a really fun movie, and it's kind of exactly what I would want to see in a Harley Quinn movie. And I know it's called Birds of Prey, but it, it really is a Harley Quinn movie. Yes for me. So that's three yeses, and like I said at the top of the podcast, it wouldn't be a comic book movie without our superhero correspondent, PK. Not a lot of superheroes in this, but we got some supervillains. What do you give Birds of Prey? Will you make it preserved? Come on, you know we're certified fresh out here. <laughs> <Boy>. um, <laughs> I mean, preserved. Don't want to 
trademark, you know. <laughs> yeah, we have enough copyright troubles as it is right now. We don't need any more. <laughs> yeah, it's a yes for sure. I, I, I really hope more people go see it and it makes more money. Uh-huh. Just it, it's not like look, it's not the Dark Knight. It's not fucking Avengers Endgame. It's it's not a fantastic movie. It's a it's a good movie. It's a fun movie. It's got great action, great style. Um, I think, like I said, DC is taking steps in the right direction. And for them to keep making those steps, people got to see these movies. And I think I've talked about it on the pod before. Like People people think movies are either the best thing or the worst thing. And if they don't want to see it, then, or if they don't think it's going to be good, they're not going to see it these days. And it kind of sucks. But... Um, Little fun fact, I don't know if you guys knew, Cassandra Kane, the little, little Asian girl with the diamond up her ass, uh, she, <laughs> actually, uh, she becomes Batgirl, so that's kind of fun. So that was like a cool, interesting, weird take on her character. Um, yeah, this is a fun, stylish movie, definitely go see it. Um, I can't wait to see what DC does next. I don't necessarily need all these connected movies like Marvel, like do more like the Joker. Do do one-off movies with great stories and great characters, and make them rated R. Because DC has a great great line of of comics that can they can take really dark and go in a way different direction than Marvel. And I'd love to see them both on top. We don't need to be fighting Marvel versus DC. We're, we're all comic book fans. But Marvel's better. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Marvel anime. Stuff is not very good. So DC is supreme and animated for sure. <laughs> X-Men the animated series. Uh, yeah, you're right. I take it back. <laughs> if you would have told me two years ago we'd be uh, making a DC movie preserved, I wouldn't have believed you on that Justice League episode. But here we are. Thanks again, Mike, uh, for coming on. Really appreciate you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Love to come back. Anytime. You're always welcome. Open invite. If there's any movies you want to do, let us know. And as always, superhero correspondent PK. Yeah, you're great. We can't do these podcasts without you. Uh, like I said, check out Corey. Check out Corey on Big Dumb Movie. Uh, on this feed, uh, there should be the Forrest Gump episode just dropped uh, the night of the Oscars. You can look for that. And then Brett and I still have the only podcast ever to cover all Best Picture winners in one episode. So we'll be updating that with whatever wins tonight. And then uh, look for some Fast and Furious content Come, coming down oh, your God. Thanks. Yeah. Hopefully it's better than that damn trailer. <laughs> we'll, we'll stay tuned, PK, and you'll find out. Thanks for listening, audience, and take it away, Spoiler Man. Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Our spoilers hotline is 903-776-4507. That's 903-SPOIL-07. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, 1. Search for movie spoilers. 2. Click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. 3. Leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. 